Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bada bing, this is NFL Trend Zone, the week eight edition. <clears throat> edition, excuse me, I am your host, Dustin Baker. Wes Johnson's off tonight, but we do have Cody Spears, Jason Bowen. We're going through the, the surprising, the big stuff that came out of Week 7, transitioning to Week 8, tunneling towards the halfway point of the NFL season. We're going to talk about all those items, but first, basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, MAB, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Week 7 is behind us. Week 8 is among us. And we actually have a really sweet Thursday night game. If you view the teams in their most pristine forms between the Bucks and the Ravens, but the Bucks got a win for tread water in the NFC and the Ravens got a win just to kind of prove they're a big wig in the AFC. We shall see. We're going to do our usual format. Uh, we're, we're minus Wes Johnson tonight. He'll be back next week, but we're going to go through some of the stuff that surprises week seven. Some of the stuff that stands out on the page to us in week eight, Cody, we're starting with you week seven. Give me one of three items that really raised your eyebrow. Uh, the green Bay once again, in the Green Bay game uh, <laughs> against this time against the uh, commies. It raised my eyebrows again because uh, this is the first time this has ever happened for Aaron Rodgers. He uh, he finished the game face down on the turf after a failed final heave out of bounds. The front four of Washington simply made this four-time MVP look like a rookie. He threw for less than 200 yards and they were 0 for 6 on third down. The end the score of this game was 21-23. Uh, I mean, they were gifted a pick six and a series of penalties um, from Washington. So, I mean, this game wasn't even that close. And Washington, I think, was coming off of a four-game losing streak. There, You don't see Aaron Rodgers coming out and saying R-E-L-A-X this time. He's going on podcasts and saying, you know, some, <laughs> some jobs need to get yanked and some other people need to go in if they're not going to do their job. In today's day and age, people don't really respond to that very well, especially with a losing record. <laughs> and so, once again, Aaron Rodgers is holding this team hostage. He's on a legacy contract. He's never had a losing record after seven games. Uh, there's a, the alternate reality, six and one. Rodgers-led Broncos are wiping this one off their brow because they <laughs> that that's what should have happened. Rodgers should be the de facto OC in Denver, and everything would be all right right now. You know but, what's... Uh, you know, yeah, what's, it, it, oh, go ahead. No, what's strange about this, I'm going to follow up on your Packer point, is that, all right, let's take it with a grain of salt, if we will. They're three and four. They're the Packers. It's Rodgers going through a little rough patch, blah, blah, blah. There are 30, or excuse me, there are 62 possibilities that could possibly happen in a game thereafter. 
And I think the worst possible scenario to get right is to go to the Buffalo Bills out of all oh, 62 yeah. of those possibilities. You know, it can't yeah. be, even if it was the Eagles, you you know them. They're in your conference. You, you understand them. Uh, the Chiefs are probably number two on that list of 62 possibilities. But it's, it's, I tweeted this on Sunday for context, is that, I don't think I'd know anybody in the world that would be shocked if the Packers win four in a row or something and get back on track. However, seven of their games are vicious against the Dolphins, the Rams, the Bills, the Vikings, the Cowboys. And there's one other one in there, too, that's like if they're going to turn it around, they're going to be have to beat some major ass. These aren't these aren't you don't have to go beat like. You know the the Raiders. You don't have to go beat the Lions. Well, you do have to beat the Lions. But let's just let's just talk about how good this must feel <laughs> as a Vikings fan. There is nobody, absolutely nobody, that even poses a risk right now. And and you're and you're looking. Yeah, you're, you're probably looking at the schedule. And be like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I mean, we can afford to lose a couple in a row if we oh, really yeah. needed to. I mean, I just so, said it, that on my yeah. uh, Vikings podcast. If somehow they lose to a, a team and the Cardinals turns out to be hot. It's like who cares? They're fighting. <laughs> right. I mean, the, yeah, who cares? I mean, the Packers. I mean, they're going to get stomped. <laughs> oh man, what a good feeling it must be to be a yeah. Minnesota Vikings fan right now. Man, that's yeah, good. Yeah, and that game next week is going to be real interesting. You got the uh, Bills over here are perennial at this point, top three defense. This was a Commanders team that is bottom four in both passing touchdowns allowed and interceptions made. They allow the most time per drive, most plays per drive, and they're bottom. They have bottom ten numbers in net yards and points. This defense is bad. You yeah. start fantasy players against them, and they went out there like like they're top five defense, maybe even the best defense in the NFL last week. Which and and T and uh, you know uh, opposing. Uh, like fans of like the commanders and stuff are still looking at this. Like it's a, it's a good win, you know? And, and I went on to my local casinos uh, betting site just to kind of check a look, take a look and have some, have some fun with that. I, I never bet on sports, but uh, you know, I'm thinking about switching up that just to bet on my Broncos for a change. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the curse. Maybe I should just bet on them. I've never bet on my team, but anyway, the Packers <laughs> still have pretty good odds. Right. I mean, they're still up there. I think there's I mean, I don't know. I mean, God, I don't know. Man, I saw a tweet today talking about because Aaron Rodgers, I referenced him going on a podcast and saying the young people and put new people in. They're talking about trading for A.J. Green, 34 year old, healthy scratch. A.J. Green, the remedy, the problems. This is after taking Christian Watson over someone like. Wondell Robinson. George let's not Pickens, let's not rule out Jerry Judy. Anything like that? Yeah, it, it, they're not even. I mean, to, we don't know who's calling who, but the reports are AJ Green, and it's like, really, this is who he wanted to throw to maybe three years ago. It's just yeah. like it's just like it, when he had his contract thing in 2021, and like to appease him, it was like Randall Cobb, and it's like, oh, that's all you wanted? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jason, what's your first surprise from Week Seven? Yeah, well, I mean that. Well, that that game didn't surprise me really a bit, I guess. Uh, but it did. It it, it did. I mean that it, it it poses almost the the, the commanders. I mean, <laughs> three and four. I mean, they, yeah. I'd rather be a commanders fan right now than a Broncos <laughs> fan. But um, yet uh, the 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 Chargers Seahawks game. 
I don't, I don't know that this was a surprise to me. I think I talked a little bit about it last night on the show or last week on the show, but man, the Seahawks, I, they just continue, continue to su- surprise me and impress me. Um, impress, I think, is the better word for it. I mean, my goodness, it's like every week I'm looking at it and they're scoring over 30 points, mm-hmm. uh, beating quality opponents. Um, I, I think the Chargers are a quality opponent. Um, I don't know for sure. We almost beat them. So, I mean, what does that say? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the Seahawks in general, man, they the way they continue to, to win, I don't know if it's impressing or surprising. And we'll just leave it there. I mean, well done, Seattle. Amen. Mine is, and this is very, very strange territory for me. I'm going to give some massive kudos to the Chicago Bears. I had a fundamental change of opinion on the way that they play, the way they're constructed, and what their vision is. They, they went into New England and won handily, and nobody saw it coming. They finally got Fields on the move a little bit and said, "All right, we don't have to do pocket passing this game, homie." And for I guess a year. Maybe maybe a little shorter than that. I've just been convinced that or basically since uh, Ryan Poles is hired that they don't know what they're doing. They're horrible and they're going to end up firing Eberfluss within a year or two. But I finally I saw the light that, all right, this team, the defense looked pretty good and they fields, even though he shoots himself in the put in the foot, like the moment he has a good play, he does something you're like, oh, that's why he's fields. But I think that they have. I think the coach, I think he's better than I thought. And there are, they're three and four. And, you know, I think that they're probably a seven and 10 team, which is better than I had them pegged before. So although they're not formidable, I don't think they're going to the postseason. I had them right down at like 31st in the power rankings and my, in my emotional power rankings. But I actually think that the bears are a decent football team. And I did not feel that way last week. Cody, what's your next one? Uh, well, I do have a note on the Seahawks. Yeah. Pete Carroll, is there anybody that embodies next man and up more than Pete Carroll right now in the <laughs> no. NFL? I mean, it, it don't matter. Rashad Penny, Kenneth Walker, Russell Wilson, Geno Smith. I mean, I'm convinced at this point Drew Locke can go in there and look good, but I don't want to take anything away from Geno Smith. But right. um, the Seahawks, I mean... They got to be on a wanted list somewhere. John Snyder and Pete Carroll went and robbed the NFL draft. I mean, you got stars all over the place. They're offensive linemen. I don't know if y'all know his name, but that means it's a good thing. And so, I mean, you haven't seen that out of Seattle in a while. They've had a bad offensive line the whole time Russ was there. They got the best rookie tackle, um, Abraham Lucas, in the second or third round. Uh, I mean, just the Seahawks crushed it once again, 10 years to the draft year. Wasn't it 2012 that Russell Wilson got drafted with Andrew Luck and all of them? Yep. I yeah. mean, we, we touched on it last week with that corner that I said was pretty awesome. Well, mm-hmm. he went out there and he was shut down again this but did week. They, and did just... they really, did they, they, you know, I'm starting to question absolutely everything right now. <laughs> did they really have a bad offensive line? Because guess what? Now Denver has the worst offensive line in football. There's one common denominator here. It's Russ. <laughs> Well, the worst in the league. Yeah, I mean, there, I mean, there's, I no, the there's no doubt with podcast. that. I podcast after podcast. The the Broncos need to fix their offensive line. It what wasn't Seattle saying that last year, year before? Oh yeah, year before yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course they were saying it over and over and over again. This offensive line. Oh my god, 
They've all hey, been together uh, for a good three to four years. Yeah. I mean, they're not um, bad. They weren't bad. On the bright side, the Packers offense looks horrible because uh, maybe y'all took their offensive coordinator. Oh, well, but guess who? Oh, I'm, not, I'm not done here. Guess who? Guess what position group had their best game of the year last week? The Broncos. Who wasn't playing last week? <laughs> Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Common denominator. It's not It's not bad offensive line play. It's just simply him. <laughs> I am would- I'm convinced. He did the high knees all night last night uh, <laughs> on the way to the UK. So he's maybe oh, he's man. warming up. Wake Wolverine me up blood. from this nightmare, Cody. <laughs> What's your next one, Cody? <laughs> okay, so for my next game, um, what game did you just touch over, Dustin? Oh, I was talking about how the Bears convinced me that they're not a terrible team. Oh, yes. yeah. Uh, I was actually surprised to find out that the Bears back up running back. I didn't feel like David Montgomery was out that long, but the Bears backup running back is ninth in rushing yards and fifth in yards after contact per attempt. They started winning whenever they started giving this man the ball more and letting Justin Fields run the ball. I believe he uh, led the team with rushing attempts Monday night. And especially with the guy who he's like, watching water over rocks. This guy's slippery out there. They need to let Justin Fields run the ball, mm-hmm. get Montgomery, delegate him to second string duties, get Khalil Herber out there, and Ch- Chicago could bang out some wins here. Their defense is, I think, probably top 15 in the league. Um, But that's not my game. <laughs> my game, though, is uh, <laughs> New York Giants at Jacksonville Jaguars, 23-17 Giants. How do the Giants keep doing this Every single week, the Giants are the first team in NFL history to start six and one with every game settled by one score or less. And their six (laughs) wins have come by a combined 27 points. This is the fifth time this season they came back to win after trailing in the second half. All while not having a Pro Bowl quarterback, or is he? Daniel Jones is uh, among players who have played seven games. Daniel Jones is averaging nearly the same amount of rushing yard per game as Najee Harris and Leonard Fournette, which <laughs> is mind-blowing. You wouldn't think that about Daniel Jones, but this guy, uh, I have some more interesting ones here. He knows when to run as he is third in the league on first downs rushing with half of the attempts of the league leaders in Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. This guy is killing dudes with his legs. If you play fantasy football, go pick him up. At the same time, they're not really passing the ball a lot. So it's mm-hmm. it's providing this recipe for like a, their defense isn't very talented either, but you can tell it's great coaching because it's providing a recipe for like a bend don't break defense. They're important in all of the important qualities. So um, let's see, they're sixth and third down percentage and fourth and red zone defense and six and points allowed. Awful against the run and pretty much everything else. That is coaching. Their coaches are definitely going to take so- home some hardware. Kudos to the Giants. You might not see something like this again for a long time. I'm going to, th- this was my third one. So I'm just going to give my little speech and I'll just have two the rest of the way. This is going to be like my Brian Windhorst speech. So I got the two fingers up here. Uh, we spent the last <laughs> three weeks trying to determine, or people were saying, are the Giants frauds? Now that they're okay, let's let's establish that nobody really thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl, right? Like it's just it's really cool that they're six and one because they are six and one. It no longer matters if they're frauds or not. They have enough of a lead 
in terms of wins and losses to get into the playoffs and therefore trying to decide if they're frauds or not is moot. Like they're, they're just there and the NFC is underwhelming. So if they finish like what, what would have to be three and or like four and nine? Well, who cares? They're still going to go to the postseason. (laughs) So they've already overachieved. So it's, it's, it's silly to talk about whether or not they're for real because they're already six and one and they're not going to win the Super Bowl, but they're still it's for a first year head coach. They did exactly what they need to do. And that's have a commendable winning season. So um, yeah, that's my, my third talking point was that it doesn't matter anymore if the giants are frauds because they've already got a six and one record. And that doesn't happen by accident. You know, about 10 years ago and uh, 14 years ago, those giants teams that did win those super bowls, <laughs> people were probably saying the same thing about them. Go look up on the list of yeah. the worst teams to win the super bowl. I bet those two giants teams are like top oh, yeah. five in that list. Beat the Patriots both times. And it was, it seems like it was, and it's weird how the NFL is like, it's like time is a flat circle. It repeats itself. This seems like another giants team built in the exact same mold as those other ones. You know, <laughs> well, only those giants. Yeah, but that one Giants team started horrible, finished mm-hmm. strong, yep. and so it's really kind of all about this how one you finish. Will go but... The other way. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, uh, it's all yeah. about how you finish, Denver yeah. Broncos. <laughs> yeah, and then you win, you win those, you win those close games, and that's that's the most. They're like the anti Broncos because they've all <laughs> lost every game by like. Well, I mean, they can't score more than ten points, but nonetheless, they're they're losing by minimal numbers. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> that le- that that yeah, takes. Uh, the, the the Giants game is is an, was another one. Okay. Um. And uh. Well. And the and the Bears game that you mentioned. So I'll just kind of hit on both of those. Let's not take away the fact that this was an upset win <laughs> for the Giants. <laughs> I can't believe that they were underdogs in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming off a good victory against the against the um the uh, Ravens. So that's that's my take on that. And and good for them. And Cody. Team Let's Ride is now Team Let's Hide and Cry. And I got J- Daniel Jones on my fantasy team now. I snagged him up, and he's starting for me this week. You bet your ass he is. Nice. Uh, but this is going to be the week of Russ's turnaround and comeback where he throws four touchdowns. You guys heard it here first. That's not happening either. But with those ugly-ass uniforms they're wearing, it just might. Um, and then the Bears, of course. Yeah, I don't know what was so surprised. I didn't watch a whole heck of a lot of that game, but very impressive win for them. And uh, <laughs> Bella Belichick's Patriots team came came out and just laid an egg. But getting to Belichick, did you guys see that one meme of that one rookie trying to give him the game ball? Did no. you see that? Yeah, he just looks at him like he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, and then he gives it back to an assistant coach. Like, Get yeah. out of here! No, I gotta, I I gotta go shrug see my it. shoulders and, tuck it and <laughs> or that one show. or that one when Aaron Rodgers threw the ball out of bounds and Belichick punted it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw that one. Belichick oh, is man. not having a good time right now. I feel I actually am kind of scared for the Jets next week. <laughs> yeah, because Belichick, with his messy history with the Jets, you know he's gonna have he's gonna yep. enjoy this weekend. Assuming I'm assuming uh, they're gonna win, I am picking them to win that matchup. Yeah, but other than that, you guys nailed it pretty much on both of those games for sure. So, but those are two of mine. So, my final one is the Chargers and. It's not that I think that they're kaput or they're severely problematic. It's just that every step of the way, they're confounding. They lost the Seahawks. They're probably more talented on paper. The only teams they've beaten this year, close your ears, Jason, are losing teams. The Broncos, Browns, Texans, and Raiders. 
And then they play teams with winning records, Chiefs, Jaguars at the time, and the Seahawks, and they lose. So uh, you can say it's just maturation by Justin Herbert, blah, blah, blah. But their roster is really, well, before injuries, was really loaded. And they should be at least 10 and 7, 11 and 6. And it feels like you never know what you're going to get with them. So I just think that they they get more confusing by the week. And uh, the way that we look at Herbert just reminds me a lot of Stafford, where we're all like, oh, poor guy. And he doesn't have his feet to the fire ever. He's just got this natural immunity. And I don't get it. Yeah, it it seems like the Chargers are snake bitten. Uh, I actually Mm -hmm. believe we were talking on this podcast over the summer, uh, and I think it was Jason talking about how loaded the Chargers were, but maybe they didn't have um, enough depth, but they did have a lot of star power. And we're seeing it now Mm because, I mean, these Chargers, they're going through the ringer. Yeah, you almost can't make up some of these injuries. Like their their star corner of free agency, J.C. Jackson, had ankle problems to start with. And then towards Patella tendon. And I mean, that's just with a litany of other things like Joey Boza and their left tackle, both their all three of their receivers. I mean, Justin Herbert even dragged himself onto the field a couple of times already this year. Uh if you're a Chargers player, you know, you're burning some sage or something. <laughs> What's yeah. your final uh week seven nugget, Cody, before we move on to week eight? Uh for me, it was um I came back from the kitchen sat down uh i had red zone on and i saw the ravens trying to hang on to beat the browns and i was like oh no not the ravens again is this gonna happen to y'all um they're on the wrong side of all the adversity they faced so far this year um luckily they hang they hung on to beat the browns and for me i'm looking at um cleveland and jackson jacksonville both they're to me they're looking forked put a fork in it uh, Denver and Jacksonville with ahead of their week eight matchup. Uh, uh, it's the, the loser of that one is not sitting pretty, but back to uh, the Ravens and the Browns. Um, like I said, the Ravens blew three double digit leads this season and every win you can get in this AFC North. It looks like it's coming down between just the um, Bengals and the Ravens. Sorry, I kind of butchered the end of that there. But yeah, that's all my notes on that game. No, that's all right. Jason, what's your final one of the week? Uh, final one of the week. I mean, you know, there were so many things. That nothing really surprises me anymore. <laughs> um, but it, it has to be. I, I mean, it, it's got to be the Panthers over the Bucks, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, man, <laughs> man, man. And I don't really have anything to really say to that. I mean, I think it. I don't know if it's I, but again, I don't know if that's a shock. Um, but yeah, you could throw the Packers and the Bucks into that same kind of equation. Another one thing I was kind of surprised about too is I had never really sat down and watched the Dolphins play mm-hmm. uh, a full game. Where you know, I was just, you see the highlight reels after the after the games, and and it looks really good. And and I watched the first couple possessions of the Dolphins, and they were boy, they were moving it fast team <laughs> holy mackerel i was impressed with what they were doing but then then i find out they only score 16 points at the end of the game i'm like man that's that's crazy because the way that from what i saw it looked like they were on pace to you know put up 30 plus at least so kudos i guess to tomlin and the defense for making adjustments and kind of tapering that down a bit but uh and tua and i was shocked to see how aggressive he was playing in the little time that I did watch that game, boy, he wasn't sliding. He was running. 
shoulders first a couple yeah. times from what Pat I saw. America cringing at the TV. I know I was. I was like, ooh. I'm just down. like, man, yeah. this guy is. I didn't know if that was just reckless or awesome. <laughs> I mean, it, and it really kind of changed the way I looked at too. I thought, I mean, he he is more of a badass than I thought he was. Wow, well, he's, he's lovable too. He's yeah, got that going for him. Heck yeah. My first uh, week eight item involves the Atlanta Falcons and doesn't necessarily involve week eight specifically, but that and the rest of the season. So because the NFC on the whole, the big names, the Niners, Bucks, Packers, Rams are all flimsy and underwhelming. Um, whether the Falcons stick with Mariota or go to Desmond Ritter, they have an easy, easy schedule. So I'm just going to rattle off the Falcons opponents. And you can pretend they're the Falcons or you can pretend that they're another team who no matter who's on who's playing this 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 gauntlet, uh, it should be a recipe for a wild card seed. The Panthers, Chargers, Panthers, Bears, Commanders, Steelers, Saints, Ravens, Cardinals, Buccaneers. They don't have one game against a team that's like, holy shit, they're not going to win that one. Now they're the Falcons and they'll probably find a way to bungle it. But again. In the same vein, I was talking about the Bears. This is a team most of us thought was going three and fourteen, uh, or four and thirteen. So, um, if this coach knows what he's doing, they're three and four right now, or they make the switch to the rookie. They have a tailor-made schedule to be mediocre, and that's kind of what you ask for when you're a coach trying to, you know, do some building blocks for the following season. So, it just struck me. I was looking up the Vikings' strength of schedule, and I saw the Falcons. I was like, let's see what this shit's all about. And I was like, oh boy, that's delicious. Yeah, it makes me want to go pick up a Falcons running back in fantasy. <laughs> I mean, this team, I saw that they're 30th or worse than everything not rushing related. I mean, on defense, passing, special teams, they are god-awful. When it comes to rushing, they're actually a top-five unit in the league. This yeah. coach is hes insane how much he loves to run the ball. Him and Mike Zimmer would be best friends. <laughs> so it, it is yeah. going to be interesting to see, um, hopefully, Cordero Patterson. Uh, come back from injury and start crushing all those defenses because that the end of that schedule is it, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. Uh, what's your first week eight item, Cody? Uh, mine will be the San Francisco 49ers and the LA Rams. This one got my gears turning whenever I saw a report saying that the Rams had uh, the second best offer for Christian McCaffrey on the table. Um, so I don't know. Does the kudos go to the San Francisco GM for giving up all those picks for a second contract injury prone running back? Or does it go to the Rams GM for getting his division rival to give up all those (laughs) building blocks for that running back? Uh, I was hoping CMC would go to the Rams. I didn't think he was going to go to the 49ers, but it will be interesting to see CMC with more time and more usage uh, this weekend. Jeff Wilson is tied with ETN for the league lead in yards before contact among active running backs. So that means that this guy, he's already getting uh, four yards of carry before he even gets hit by the first person. But CMC in there, that number is going to go up and he's going to run away with it. CMC should do awesome in this offense. Um, I do have one note though. The Rams since 2019 are 0-7 against the 49ers in the regular season. I mean, they cannot beat Kyle Shanahan in the regular season. And the game, postseason is different. Yeah, and the game they did won was because of that damn drop by the um Niners Jakiski Tart. If he yep. catches if he catches that football, I kid you not, there is no Rams Super Bowl. 
It was elementary. It was over. Yep. So, and, yeah. So, oh, uh, just to wrap this up real quick. I think Jimmy G, if if they're going to win this game, it, it, even though CMC should do great, I think it's going to come on the back of him delivering the ball to those playmakers. He doesn't have to do anything crazy. Just don't overthrow someone in the flat. I mean, <laughs> you should be able to make that play. But once you get it to literally any playmaker, they should beat their matchup, and you just reap reap the benefits. I think. Uh... So th- these guys, this matchup was on my list, and you pretty much took my words, but I'll put a little bow on it from the desperation perspective. The 49ers are three and four, just got shellacked by the Chiefs, which wasn't crazy surprising, but they do have the best defense in the league, and they just got nullified by the Chiefs because, of <laughs> course, of course, it did. However, the Rams are three and three, the Super Bowl champs, a roster that just drips with talent. So both teams have to win because the Niners would go to three and five Rams would go to three and four with the bunch of the other idiot three and four teams. So in that vein where Shanahan dominates McVay, when the safety doesn't drop in an interception, it's kind of like, I bet you the Rams look at the schedule and go off oh, son of a bitch, you know, because <laughs> it's like they're the team that they can't beat on a regular season field is coming to town when they need to win. So on top of it already being a, a rivalry game, it's that, Whichever team wins this positions themselves to get back on track and get to the playoffs like most thought they would. But the other team, especially if it's the Niners who sink to three and five, they're in trouble and they're going to need win streaks to get out of it. Jason, what's your next one? Yeah, well, we'll piggy on back on that game just a tad bit. Um, this this is all part of the plan to get Kyle Shanahan fired, right? That's what this is all part of, because he's going to come to Denver where he should have went in 2017. <laughs> he's going to end this curse. They're going to finally let him go out there. We're going to love it. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, um, if the I, I didn't realize that the that the Niners were three and four for some reason until you just said that out loud, mm-hmm. because I was just talking about how they were a top 10 power rank squad last week, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> It yeah, was. Yeah, they're uh, well, they're always everybody's darlings. And yeah, and then but if they take it to the to the Rams, and I'll just piggyback um from that game and go to another one of the ones I'm looking forward to is the Bucks and Ravens. If the Ravens take it to the Bucks, that's gonna put both the Bucks and the Rams in a very, very bad spot. And those two, I thought, would go deep into the NFC playoffs. And, you know, not to mention the the quarterback situations that they're both. Yeah, well, the Bra- uh, the Bucks quarterback situation is a tad bit more concerning right now than I think. Well, maybe not, though. I mean, they're both pretty alarming. So, yeah, I mean, that to your point, Dustin, that's a must win for both of those teams. Mm-hmm. And, um, and to be honest. I think it's a must win for both the Baltimore and the Bucks. Mm-hmm. more so the Bucks, but Baltimore needs it too. Yeah, and the Bucks are at home. That gives me faith that they'll restore their usual operations. Um, but then, you know, the Ravens would go back to 500 if they lost, and they're yeah. trying to keep pace with the Bengals. So, yeah, thankfully. I almost got to go for the Bucks. I mean, any <laughs> yeah. AFC team that wants to lose, I'm happy to, I'm happy to <laughs> oblige. But are the Bucks banged up? How banged up are the Bucks? No, I think see, they're I'm... actually on the other side of it, starting to 
kind of get healthy. Trying to get I know healthy they were missing guys to start the season for sure. Well, the offensive line is flat out just not going to be as good as it mm-hmm. was because of injuries. And I don't think the is it Jensen doesn't get back until November or something. Yeah, their whole offensive line, I think, is it's not, not what it was during Brady. Yeah, and it's not going to get better. And that, I think I brought that up on this show in August that like, you know, a 45 year old quarterback, you can't just have a shitty yeah. offensive line. And, and it's the same. It's the same thing with the Rams, too. The Rams yeah. have had like uh I wouldn't be surprised if this fact is true that the Rams have had a different offensive lineup for their offensive line every week of the season. I wouldn't be surprised because uh, that's how bad it has been over there. You know, every well, week, every week to pinch myself and make sure I'm not dreaming, I read PFF's offensive line rankings for the week, and I do that for the Vikings because I just love seeing them at number eleven or number twelve. I'm like, oh my god! Uh, <laughs> but at the bottom of that list this week is the Rams and Colts, and those two teams were usually in the wild. top five. How's Denver's doing? Just curious. Uh, right in the middle. I think it was sixteen. Yeah, see, they're not as bad as people think. <laughs> uh, you know, but w- one question I do have about the Niners because they. We always talk about, and I know we've joked around a little bit about the Rams not having a first or second round draft pick until like 2026, <laughs> but uh, the Niners got to be getting pretty uh, hamstrung when it comes to draft picks too, don't they? With the with the Trey Lance trade and then now this one. Yeah, when they made that trade, I was thinking to myself like, wait, where are they getting these picks from? Yeah. Same with the Rams. Whenever it said the Rams had a second place offer, I was like, how? Well, I know Kyle. I, I know. I know Shanahan's dad, Kyle, uh, Mike, would have never given up that many draft picks for a running back. He he traded running backs. <laughs> well, I do want to say uh, I did also pick Tampa Bay to beat the Baltimore Ravens as well. I feel like Tom Brady gets he. This is his get right game. I and hope you're right. Their defense, they play fast. They're built for a quarterback like Lamar. Um, I do want to give a shout out. This is a potential Rashad White blow up spot. He's the Buccaneers' number two running back, my favorite rookie running back outside of the obvious Brees Hall. Um, but as a as a rookie running back, Rashad White, it's one of my guys, and he's been looking good. Last week he uh, got more yardage than Leonard Fournette, who's been kind of off the past couple of weeks. So look out for Rashad White on the Forty ers So they basically disqualified squandered or gave away their 2023 draft class they have two thirds like a third and a third a fifth and a seventh um they didn't really give up too much in the 2024 they gave a fifth rounder which who cares uh but they basically don't have a upper echelon draft class in 2023 because of trey lance and that also was the case last year uh with the draft class so they basically have given up about two drafts to get Lance and McCaffrey. That's where they're at. Wow. Yep. I mean, if they can hit on two two of the thirds, third rounders, they'll be fine. But you know, every GM thinks, "Oh, I'm going to hit on this guy," and that's that's what you think when you're a general manager. So, all right, Cody, what is your second to last item of the week? Uh, I actually did a blurb on every game. Um, Let's see, Miami and Detroit. That's going to be one that I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on. Detroit has scored six points in the past two games after people were talking of them being elite after the first four weeks uh injuries may have hit detroit but game film seems honestly like the bigger culprit here uh not much is expected from the lions this year but three point three points a week isn't going to cut it miami here is in position to go nuclear um the lions keep up uh coaching and playing like this 
it feels like the Lions have a long leash, but uh, I mean, the past two weeks that they've put out there is pathetic. And that's huh. that speaks big on a player's coach like um, Campbell. If they can't put out offense or defense that um, is good enough for here's what I'm trying to say. If they don't have creative enough minds on that coaching staff, they're going to have to make some changes. They can't just be players, coaches. And I feel like if they keep putting up games like this and showing that they're incompetent, it doesn't matter how many of your players are willing to run through a brick wall for you. You got to be able to out chess the opposing coordinator on the other sideline. And I think that this is going to be a year before they, hit the reset button at quarterback again to where they're going to ask themselves, <laughs> Hey, can we, can we do this with Dan Campbell and, you know, games like these last two weeks, three points a week. I don't know if it's going to cut it. And he could be on a list of surprise firings along with, you know, maybe even Cleveland's coach places that people think, Oh no, he just got Deshaun Watson. They'll give him time. You know, Cleveland is falling apart on defense right now. So, um, Definitely this Miami and Detroit game. I'm, I'm even as a division rival, I went to Detroit to kind of pick it up again. It was fun seeing them maybe be uh, a little hyped. Uh, and then Miami, uh, Tyreek Hill's tearing up this league. It's fun to see Tua back out there. Like I said, Miami's in a position to go nuclear. This defense is god awful. Uh, 30th or worse uh and every metric on defense and i fully expect them to make a defensive coordinator change this year without a doubt the uh fact of the matter is the lions are one and five <clears throat> doesn't matter how cool your head coach is they're about to be one and six and it just he can be the ultimate rah-rah guy can produce the best hbo shows all that shit it doesn't matter if you're gonna be one and six like uh, speaking speaking of hbo shows <laughs> The Cardinals one coming up. Oh, please. Yeah, please. Now, after the Vikings, if they're going to fire Cliff Kingsbury, can they please do it with bad judgment and do it on HBO? Like, let's just forget the cameras are here. Relieve your coach on TV. That would make crazy <laughs> awesome TV. Wasn't yeah. uh, I think Kevin O'Connell was cut. Yep. On the Hard Jets. Knocks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, that's All right. Crazy. What's your second to last one, Jason? Uh, well, I will just throw two games in here okay. and for the the exact same reason. So I got the Vikings Cardinals and I have um, the Bills Packers. If the Vikings and Bills both come out ahead on top this weekend, which I honestly believe that they sure as shit will, that's going to put two preseason playoff contenders in a really bad spot, kind of piggybacking off of what I just said about the previous two teams. I mean, the Cardinals, Dustin, you had them mm -hmm. in the Super Bowl. I do. Um, and then the Packers, I, I know everybody figured that they'd probably take a little step back, but I mean, because they still had Rodgers, you'd figure that they were still going to get to 11 wins, but that could potentially put both those squads at three and five <laughs> and that is ridiculous. I mean, you take both those two teams and then you put them with the with it, the potential outcomes of the Buccaneers game along with the Rams game. And they'll, th that's four teams right there that'll have losing records going into the midway point of the season. Four teams that I had in the playoffs. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's so ridiculous for the Chiefs and Packers because between them, they're paying their quarterbacks about $400 million. And you can't just 
be three and five. <laughs> both both of you is when you're dishing out <clears throat> top five quarterback money. Yeah. I think that's their, their biggest concern. Uh, let's see. What's my final one? Um, my final one is this. Just a, just a lesson that everybody knows. I like to reiterate it every year. Is this Colts-Commanders game was supposed to be the Carson Wentz-Matt Ryan Bowl. It was supposed to be, you know, who is smarter? Now neither one of them are playing. Carson Wentz is hurt. <laughs> Taylor Heineke is in. And um, it kind of, it was big news. I guess it was big news on Monday or Tuesday or whatever it was. But this is it. For Matt Ryan, he probably can be a backup quarterback. But as soon as you saw that tweet from Rappaport or Schefter, whoever gets your notifications from, when it said that first, first he was benched, but then he was hurt, but then he was for sure benched. <laughs> uh, yep. And that's it. This guy was league MVP six years ago. And when that happens, no other team is going to give him an audition as QB one. <clears throat> and so it's so weird because I think after that Broncos game, he was on the post game with Richard Sherman and them. And he felt so confident. Like he was the QB one of the team. And I think he got blindsided. They're not even going Nick Foles. <laughs> They're going with Ellinger. So my, my cautionary tale is that when you start looking at a schedule and you say, all right, we got Dak Prescott, we got Kyler Murray, and then we got Aaron Rodgers, throw that shit out the window because about at least three of the quarterbacks that you think, think are going to be on the schedule, it's going to be their QB two or QB three because this football sport is violent. So what was supposed to be Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan is now Taylor Heineke versus something called Sam Ellinger. <laughs> yeah, we got to revisit our quarterback rankings at some point in here. I know for sure yeah. we had Matt Ryan on there at least once for top 15. I think Russ was top five or top six. I think I had him like six. So, yeah. Yeah, oh, this God. is. Yep. And it's because the news cycle and the world and sports in general move so fast. It was like, oh, yeah, OK, Matt Ryan got benched to go with the young guy. But no, this is that was a big moment like in NFL history. Like this is the end of the road for Matt Ryan. Yeah, and he's still going to be getting paid a lot of money. Too. Yeah, he will. He'll be a QB, too. And maybe it's one of those things where he signs on and then mm-hmm. at age 39, he gets in for three games. It goes three and oh. But his career as a starting quarterback that lasted from 2008 until 2022 is over. Yeah, and that kid that they're putting in there, he might be okay. I mean, yeah. he tore it up this year in preseason. I'd say he was – it's preseason, but I'd say he was by far the best quarterback this preseason. Uh, I don't have his numbers or anything, but I remember reading them earlier and was like, oh, why didn't – I don't didn't even remember hearing about him. I guess because – you're so focused on, you know, Matt Ryan's the guy that's nobody else. It doesn't matter what the third, second stringer does. And then also you look at his college numbers. He ran the ball a lot. So you can kind of see why they're making that shift. They even came out and said, we didn't deliver on our end of the deal to Matt. Uh, We don't have an awesome run game and a great offensive line like we thought. Um, Pretty much just telling us what we all knew, that Matt Ryan is a statue in the pocket get someone a little more mobile. So to me, that's exciting. Maybe take some people out of the box for Jonathan Taylor to get back on his feet, maybe make some runs. Uh, although his arm strength was a huge question mark. That's why he's a six round pick. Okay. But I mean, this guy, he's supposed to be shifty. So the Colts could be playing a different brand of football, but I mean, the Colts and the commies, that should be an <laughs> ugly game. Uh, Taylor Heineke had five turnover worthy throws. Uh, last week against the Packers that they didn't even capitalize on. Um, I mean, they did actually, they had a pick six and like another interception, but Taylor Heineke was playing typical Taylor Heineke ball and chucked it all over the place. It um, happens. Evans, every time I, he plays, I end up watching the game and he looks like an imbecile for a lot of it. And then in the fourth quarter, there's like this 
10 minutes worth of grit and determination. And then they end up winning. And then Vikings Twitter goes nuts because it's like, yeah, Heineke. And I'm like, did you watch the first two hours? He looked like a moron. <laughs> and yeah. hey, if he beats the Packers, that's all I ask. Yeah, he'll, all right, give me, he'll throw give it me in the final thing of the coverage. week. Yeah, he will. Uh, my final, final thing of the week. Final thing of the week for me. Um, we we got the Arizona Minnesota game. Obviously, uh, I think that we're we're gonna tear that game up. Uh, I'm riding high at five and one. That is not my final game though. I'm gonna leave that to you, assuming that's you got it. Um, I got Tennessee and Houston. Uh, Tennessee is doing the same thing they did last year. They're on a four game winning streak. <laughs> Nobody's talking about them. Uh, Nothing about their team seems super noticeable or anything like that besides Derrick Henry. And speaking of Derrick Henry, he is going to stiff arm the city of Houston into oblivion. <laughs> this are th- These are his last three games against Houston. 211 yards, three touchdowns. 212 yards, two touchdowns. 250 yards, two touchdowns. That's all rushing yards. It's nuts. Really? I can't believe it. Yeah, he has not ran for less than 211 yards in them in the last three matchups. And the Houston Texans defense is not really any better this year. So I expect Derrick Henry's going to go in there. He's going to get 30 carries again, probably 200 yards. I mentioned last week that uh, Derrick Henry had more carries than Ryan Tannehill had completions. And I think that's going to stay the same. And uh, they're going to go in there and throttle Houston uh, my main reason why I would want to watch it, though, is the running back play. Damian Pierce, we're, I'm giving King Henry here all the love during this game, but Damian Pierce has probably the crown for the most angry run so far this year against Jacksonville a couple weeks ago. <laughs> this dude plays angry just like Derrick Henry does. You want to see a bunch of stiff arms and broken tackles. That's going to be this game. You know, these teams don't like each other. The Titans whoop up on Houston left and right. It's just a little quasi game in the middle of their schedule twice a year it, it, it's gonna be fun seeing these two running backs go at it together other than that though i'm i'm not really a huge fan of the schedule this week you would think yeah, that they would have more than two teams on a bye not sure about that i do have uh seattle beating the giants it's crazy they went down to florida and they have to go all the way to seattle now the schedule is overwhelming, or excuse me, underwhelming. When you look at matchups, you're like, yeah, these aren't very good. Uh, all right, Jason, I'm out of my talking points. What's your final one to take us off air? Well, I'm interested to see if uh, the Broncos are going to come back with a head coach. Um, first of all, I think that they got it. If Denver loses this game this weekend, I think the new owners are going to fire Hackett yeah. midseason before the bye, and probably rightfully so. Um, you know, and I, I've been. It's been a very, very awful year. The whole country has watched the Denver Broncos shit the bed for way more times than they should have way way more times than these poor people deserve. We'll just say that. Um, And all that being said, and I know that we got you you talking about schedule um, difficulties in the second half of the season. I think Denver's got one of the hardest and I'm still not really afraid to play any of those teams. Um, I, I've never seen a team play so bad where if they could just do a few things, it'd be a completely different story than what we're talking about right now with this team. Um, so I still have not given up hope. I'm hoping that they can pull off a victory this weekend. Um, and I hope that the coach can keep his job. Um, and 
you know, I, I, I'm just, there's a lot of storylines there because, you know, firing a coach mid season, that's very unprecedented. I think it's only happened like four times in, in league history. Um, maybe I'm wrong there, but, um, I just, I, I, I'm still not, I'm, I, I'm embracing the challenge. Do you, <clears throat> so I don't think that they can do anything productive. No, uh, <laughs> no, but do you, so if they win, if, let's say they do their shit and they win 13 to 10, do you still want Hackett, like uh, Hackett, to come back across the ocean, or do you want him just to stay there? <laughs> well, I, I don't really have. I, see, here's the thing with this: I don't know what's wrong there, right? I can't, I can't look at Hackett and say, he, he, I mean, obviously he's the problem, but is the problem the fact that I, being a Broncos fan, that I overestimated the talent I thought was on that roster? <laughs> is Cortland Sutton as good as I thought he was? Is Jerry Judy as good as I thought he was? Or, you know, it, it, I don't know. I think it's the I think it's the coach. But also at this point, it's it's the running game. Well, uh, it, it clearly is that too, right? I mean, I watched and I always have to take it back and and it, to to the first game of the season when they played the Seahawks and they shit the bed every time they got into the to the red zone. And I mentioned this last time. They moved the ball really well. I really loved what I saw there. I mean, they were knocking off. I mean, yeah, you can't play the Seahawks defense every week. I get that, but we've played some pretty porous defenses too though since then. And they haven't looked at all the same as they did that first week. Sure we lost Javante Williams, but it shouldn't just all look like shit i mean you remember that game they'd get down there they'd fumble at the one yard line and then they'd fucking you know get right back down there again they didn't punt it once that game they had zero three and outs and they moved the ball really 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 well and should have had six touchdowns that game i don't know what happened since that game i haven't seen it again since then um who knows really i i honestly don't know they don't know how to win. It, it, a lot of it has to be the coach. I mean, there's. I just don't know what's wrong there. How much of it is on Russ missing KJ Hamler in the end zone, missing missing wide open receivers? How much of it is? How much blame goes where? I'd I'd love to see them get that win this week. Come back, go out and get a running back. Get you someone with the with the trade deadline next week. Get you someone like Kareem Hunt for the fourth or fifth round pick. I think they just need an injection of life into that offense, and they need something simple that they can establish, just a simple run game and work off of that. I don't know if things are too simple, too complicated, but I would definitely love to see the Broncos make a move. And with the trade deadline, I'd also like to see Elijah Moore get traded somewhere like the Seahawks with that DK Metcalf injury. I don't know if you'll have... I want to go back to that Seahawks game again just for a (laughs) second, though, because, Dustin, you remember I mentioned this. The... What was also different about that game, too, is if they got behind the chains or if they got a holding call or if they got, mm-hmm. you know, a, they, they didn't have a problem still getting that first down. And and it's not. And now it's back to the same old feeling where any mistake we're done. Might as well punt. And, yeah. and that's just the weirdest thing. That first game was so much different than every game since then. And every game since then, we could have. One, I know that we didn't, and that's what ultimately matters, but it's like, how can a team be so good on one side of the ball and so bad on the other? We haven't seen anything like this before. At least I haven't. I mean, I've been watching poor football for six years now, and it's never been this bad. It's never been so bewildering. Yeah, every time uh, 
<clears throat> I go pull defensive numbers for the Vikings, whether it's DVOA or EPA per play. At the top there, it's always like uh, Bills, Cowboys, and Broncos, like every week. And I'm like, and it always brings me back to think of you. I'm like, how the fuck can't they figure out this offense thing when they've got this defense that's doing its part? It's yeah. like it's tailor made for what the vision was. Russell Wilson with all these weapons, the defense, by the way, third best in the NFL. <laughs> then they just look like shit. Like, what is wrong? Yeah, well, now there's trade blocking guys, too. And it's <laughs> like, what what direction are we going here? Well, because it, it, and then some, you got some people say, well, is it Hackett's offense too complex to figure out? And, you know, they always bring up Rodgers and how much he struggled in the offense the first year or whatever. But that wasn't all Hackett's offense either, though, right? Because Lafleur called the plays over there for the most part. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't know. It's you're, you're left as a fan. You're left bewildered. You have no answers. You don't know what's going to fix it because what we thought was going to fix it happened. I couldn't have been more pleased with the off season and then to have this happen right before everybody's eyes. I mean, clearly the national media thought the exact same thing I did. They put them on prime time six times. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm an honorary Broncos fan this year because they're on TV a lot. I mean, and it's just amazing. Oh, man. All right. Well, we will cover week eight. We'll see if these Bronx are back to to be three and five with a little with a little hope and a little. <laughs> Let's see if we still have a head coach yeah. and if we still have uh, some of those uh, pieces that were potentially up for the tra- up for trade, too. So, God dang it. Exercise the demons, football gods. Please. Please. All right, gentlemen. We'll be back next Wednesday night. All right. All right, guys. Have a good rest of your week. Later. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.